0: that makes that's so enlightening because there can't be a conversation about racial diversity if there's just not if it doesn't exist at all May 21st 2020 is World Day for Cultural Diversity for Dialogue and Development In observance of this day I hosted a panel of four guests two intercultural interreligious interracial couples who sat down with me and talked self-development, diversity, inclusion, our personal relationships to our communities, a little bit of grief, and a little bit of widowhood. Hi, how are you? I'm Lidwin. I'm your friendly neighborhood widow. Yesterday's first episode of the series Love Diverse introduced our panelists. We get to know where they come from to understand where they come from. Knowing someone's story gives a better seat from within their perspective. In this episode, my guest, Julian Sador, Randy Vieru, Corla Montesinos and Alexei Vieru get very vulnerable and very real about the conversation on interracial dating or race in general in the homes that they grew up in. How different it may be from their own personal views and from the environment that they get to enjoy their relationships in. Current events clearly show that this conversation is a very sensitive conversation. Please pay closest attention to the following opening words. So before we get started, Turn up your volume for the reading of the warning label. Warning. Subscribing to this podcast can expose you to segments and conversations about love, loss, physical and emotional abuse, mental health, and resilience. This podcast contains raw and unfiltered thoughts and feelings from a domestic violence surviving widow. The side effects may be unexpected anger, inspiration, self-esteem boost, and laughter so strong you may pee your pants. An open mind and a change of undergarments are suggested, but not required. And if you need to, please consult a therapist before listening. Thanks for joining! We are back to scramble and synthesize with panelist Julian Seder, who is multicultural, multiracial, Jewish American, African American, and Japanese. His girlfriend Carla Montesinos, who is Mexican, raised in the United States. Alex Vieru, who is from Moldova in Eastern Europe, married to Randy Vieru, who was born and raised in Libreville, Gabon, just like I was. You're also going to hear a little bit about my relationship with my spouse, who was from central Illinois, and we are talking about cultural diversity in our families. My guests answer the question, what was the conversation of cultural diversity like in your family, interracial dating? How was it in your family and how is it different than how you view it now? This part of the exchange is very interesting because we really get to see the different ways that this conversation or this topic is approached. It isn't always a said conversation, but you get to learn from my guest the different ways that they understood how their family or the different ways that they shaped or they view themselves in this interracial relationship. One thing that is not on record, but a conversation that I had with Alex Vieru is he said to me, I did not necessarily consider myself in an interracial relationship. Well, I know I am. I don't think about my relationship this way. It's very interesting to hear the influence from their upbringing and just their personal thoughts on this topic While you may be listening from your own experience, I do want you to step into their shoes again and listen from their experience. Our parents never talked about that. I don't know if Randy ever had that conversation with our parents, but um, I think that we talked about dating outside of our race more with my cousins. We went to that French school, so sometimes Randy and I were seen to talk a little different and so my cousin would make these comments and they would make, to me, they've made comments like, you're going to grow up to marry a white man. I already know that. He's just going to marry a white man. But they made it seem like it was a problem. <laughs> it was like, it was like, Oh, you're so uncultured. You're so out of this culture. You're, you're the type of girl that marries white dudes kind of thing. That's, that's what it was like. Um, I wonder what it was like when dating someone that's not Mexican, but then someone
1: that's not Latin, or like South, South uh, from South America. Honestly, with Spanish communities, there's just like really, it's a taboo. Not real. A lot of people talk about where your parents would say something like, "If you date someone who's Spanish, you have to." It's like mejorar la raza. So it's basically saying like you have to make your race better. So dating someone Spanish is not making your race better. You're just like. Spanish, Spanish, you're gonna have a Spanish kid. So to them, it's like, oh, you're dating another Latino. Cool, but you're not making your race better by dating someone who's not Latino. So honestly, my parents never really cared to who I dated. They don't really care that Julian's not Mexican. Um, The only thing is, I think they kind of embrace the fact that he embraces the culture and he's down to have spicy tacos and he doesn't make a face, you know? um but to them it's hard they try to understand like what really is julian like is he asian is he white like what is he like they don't get it <laughs> so <laughs> we <laughs> they don't know that's why we're on here with him we want to f- try to figure, figure that out <laughs> exactly i think it's like it's like my parents love him but they're confused by him because they've never seen so much like mixture in one person so they don't know they're like okay so he's white but like he's also Asian, so they don't know where to go. They're confused by it, but they like him.
0: <laughs> but they like him, bottom line. That's the bottom yeah. line. How many black people were in <sighs> was it Krishna? Alex, you gotta you gotta really forgive me for not being able to... to know What? Where's Look, I'm
2: not, Alex is here. I can say
0: oh. I, that's a cookie point for her. I'm just going to put a point here for Randy. Good job, Randy. I
2: have to translate what Alex says and then I have to translate what you say. <laughs> I feel like I should get paid for this. I think
3: nobody took the time to count the black people in Moldova altogether, but uh, I bet it would have been an easy job. in a lot. Before. Before, when Julian was talking about his childhood, and then Randy at the end of her little story, she was saying like, "Oh, I wonder how our children are gonna grow." It's like, "Why are you wondering?" Look at Julian. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: They'll be fine.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, being in in the middle of Europe over there is is a little bit harder to be dating interracially it's it's a lot easier to find somewhere like you know to have to be in the intercultural relationship because the countries are so um close to each other they're little the borders are almost non-existent and it's um the the countries over there have long traditions you know Old, I would say old traditions so diversity in culture that happens a lot people get married interculturally a lot but then interracial is not really happening I haven't even you know think about it like I was just I was I remember only one time when probably I was 14 or 16, I don't know, probably we had these conversations about girls with my mom or something like that. And I remember one time she, she was joking like, oh, when you're gonna get married, you should um, you should get a black wife because, uh, I don't remember exactly what she was saying, but she was saying like somehow like she was admiring their physique, like, like body build, they're strong, and they're healthy and then like if you're gonna marry a black girl going to have healthy children and i'm pretty sure she didn't she didn't think it's going to go that way back, that far back then but here we are
1: here we are yeah being
3: you know in the family being in intercultural is not really a big thing my both of my brothers are married to um russian women and they live over there, and it's it's happening every here and there. It's just, it's not a lot of racial diversity, that's it.
0: That makes, that's so enlightening, because there can't be a conversation about racial diversity if there's just not, if it doesn't exist at all. I like the intercultural part of it all. I can't, I think that's cool. Julianne. Mm. I think in your life, it has to be interesting. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: uh, but I have yeah. one... And before you even tell us what's on your heart, I want to know the day that you knew that your parents were two different races. If I can ask that.
3: No, no, and how no. How did that... they explain it to you? I'm sorry, I'm cutting kind of you off, but I didn't finish did take notes.
4: You know, I, I don't. I think I think the best way for me to put it is my parents never sat me down and said, you know, mom's black and Japanese, dad is is you know Russian and Jewish or Russian, you know, descent. Uh, I think, I think I learned more about my mix from looking at other kids and saying, like, okay, I'm part that kid, I'm part that kid, and I'm part that kid. Because, you know, it's... Growing up, when you're so many races, I think kids, they try to gravitate to people that look like them. And the thing I always struggled with growing up is nobody looked exactly like me. In fact, the kids that looked more like me we're always Latino kids. And the one, that's the one thing I wasn't. Um, and, and so I would, I would think, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm part black, so let me go hang with black kids, but there I'm not full black. And, or let me go hang with Asian kids. And I'm well, not full Asian. Let me go hang with white kids and not full white. So I feel like I learned more of, you know, that kid looks like my dad and that kid looks like my mom. And then I, I remember kind of being confused like, but mom's Asian. I think I think it took me a while to figure out that mom was because my mom doesn't look Asian at all. You wouldn't look at her and think that she's Japanese and, and, and black, but she's half and half. Um, so I feel like I learned more about um, my parents by like trying to figure out where I fit in and how to, how to kind of categorize myself. And then from there, you just conversations over um, over life about like, OK, mom, tell me about your mom. Tell me about Obacha, um, my grandma. Um, you know, dad, tell me about Nana and tell me how our family came here. Um, and so I, I guess I kind of learned that way, but I don't think my parents ever sat me down to say like, this is what mom and dad are. And this is how you are culturally. It was just kind of, you know, going on through life. I think one thing that used to be in my room, there was a, uh, I, forget, I must've been in like second grade or first grade and they had you do a self-portrait, um, and you were supposed to draw yourself and then say what you were. And I, so I remember putting, it, it was, I think it says black, Japanese, white, mostly. <laughs> and, and, and like, that's, that's the best way I could describe it as seven-year-old me. And I drew myself, it's funny, I drew myself as, as a white kid, but the only reason why I drew it that way is because there wasn't a crayon to match my color. I couldn't draw, I couldn't do the brown crayon. I couldn't do like a yellow crayon. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave it white.
0: I don't know. That is so fair. I wonder then in a, in a family like yours, Julian, how the interracial dating, like how it works or like how they, if they even have an opinion.
4: So interracial dating um, for our, for my family is deep rooted in a very, um, very controversial moment, I guess, in my parents' life, because for them, um, getting married between a white and a, a white man and a black woman was something that wasn't was starting to get more accepted, but wasn't very widely accepted when they did it um, in the late 1980s. Um, it, it, it was something that, for most people, you, you you didn't do if you came from, I guess, a respectable white family. Uh, you didn't you didn't mix, and it was something that my grandpa's my late grandpa's uh, wife at that time. She did not approve of it at all. And it w- it got to the point where words were exchanged and um she was not invited to the wedding. It was very tough, I think, for my dad and it was tough on my mom. Um, but they loved each other. Um, but it was not something that was um, you know, very widely accepted at the time. In fact, even on my my, my dad's side, his um on my dad's mom's side, not that they ever meant anything by it, but um my dad remembers, you know, times where his aunt would use the N word, not in a in, in her mind, not in a in a bad way. My dad's mom at the time lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is not the the most friendly place, diverse place, um, and they didn't think anything of it. Um, on the same side of things, on my mom's side, the black side, um, you know, there was my 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 great aunt Pearline. Uh, I remember there was one time where we were at a family get together, and she was looking at uh, my uncle, and she says, oh, Rosie, he's always trying to Jew me down, Um, which is, (laughs) you know, just saying that Rosie's being being a cheap ass, Um, but it's like, there was a lot of things that I guess my my parents' families weren't ready for and didn't expect um, getting into an interracial relationship, which is crazy Because my mom comes from an interracial relationship (laughs) herself, uh, being Black and Japanese. Um, So it's just, uh, that's the history of it. As far as for us, my parents never cared. I mean, how could they? Uh, Can
0: we call (laughs) your grandparents, can we call your mom's parents to be on this panel? Because the times that they were dealing interracially in, y'all, this is who you want to take notes from, Alex. (laughs)
4: <laughs> if if they if they were alive, I'm sure they'd have um, a lot to, to say. Um, uh, yeah. it, it's I'm unfortunate it's just my my dad's mom, but I mean, uh, there were stories. I'm still hearing stories today about how life was like for them, um, and it was amazing because you got to imagine. So they grew up in Japan, <laughs> or got married in Japan, and there it's even more frowned upon. I mean, you're talking about a Japanese culture that didn't embrace their own. Um, winner of the world pageant because she's black and Japanese. It's very, like, you don't mix in Japan. As much as, you know, people didn't want white people to mix with black people, in Japan, you don't touch it at all. Um, and, you know, there's actually a term for you called hapa. Yeah, you know, you're half. You're, you're not You're not full blood. It's like, you know, you think of Harry Potter and mudbloods, or, or muggles, muggles, I guess. Uh, is it mudblood is a half? A muggle. A muggle. Okay, so that's kind of how they view it. It's like pure is the only way to go. Uh, So they had so much, but as far as me dating, um, my parents never had a care. Like we used to joke, it's like, who's going to end up with a white person or a Spanish person, or what if you end up with a Spanish person? I would think that it's more in terms of the pressures of dating outside of your race is more put on by my friends um, and the different races that they are. I think in, and it's really only from, the african-american side where i've heard from a lot of african-americans like oh you need to date somebody who's at at worst light skin if not dark skin um it's the only side of me where or people who have been like you shouldn't date outside your culture that's the only pressure i've ever gotten from is from um the black side it's like you should you should date a black woman um and that if you not if you're not satisfied with a black woman like what why, why can't you date within um everybody else has been okay with it. And I don't know why that is. I think it's just something about the African-American culture where it's like, you should date Black. And like, if you settle for, if you go for a white woman or somebody else, it's like, you're saying that Black isn't good enough. And that's just my, my impression. That's Sorry, like, that was a really long answer. <laughs>
0: no, it's good. That's because you have a thousand cultures and we need to hear from each of them. But um, I think that sitting on the same couch in the same relationship it is the coolest mix ever as far as diversity and inclusion because you have Carla on one side where her culture is like, make your race better, make your make your make your race better, go find someone else, come and come and add on to the race. They see interracial as adding on to the race when in some parts of the multicultural in, in the multiple cultures that you have, in one part of it, they're like, You gotta keep the race pure, bruh.
4: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm, Yeah. You know?
0: And it's like it's incredible because so and and hey listen i'm a widow so i'm not afraid to talk about death right and i want you guys to be here for my hundredth and 50th birthday all four of you but (laughs) thinking about if the people who are saying this to you right if the person that's telling you keep your race pure and the person that's telling you you got to add to your race and hence your race carla if these people were in charge of taking care of your little ones imagine the like conversations that these people are having and like what they're giving to this little person it's yeah. yeah it's wild it's like it's pretty exciting randy i wonder did you ever have a conversation about dating outside of your race with your parents they're also my parents but <laughs> so, I, I
2: don't time. i don't think that i had a conversation with our parents um Again, them always putting us in, like, international schools, I don't think that they were thinking, like, oh, we're going to end up with Gavanese men. Like, I don't think that they were thinking that. Like, I and I don't think that they really were going towards it. I think that they wanted us to be with people who were driven and I'm sure that our parents would have loved us to be with, some men who would take us to church every Sunday. Um, but in terms of race and culture, I don't think that it was ever an issue. I know that growing up for them, uh, with dad being born before our country was even considered to be an independent country, and mom being born literally the year after it was considered a country, like. For them, growing up, interracial couples were kind of taboo because the white Frenchmen were your bosses. Oh, nice. They were your not really owners because i't don't, I don't know that we had slavery. I think that it was like forced labor, but then we, people were still getting paid it, anyways, they try to make it seem like we were okay with it, but anyways, yeah, so like for for them growing up it was probably different. It was it was mostly an issue then. But thinking about it now, like we have aunts and uncles who are interracial or intercultural. And then we have some who are married to French women and Romanian women and Russian women. So we, like our cousins or our family members are interracial and intercultural. So it was never really, an issue, I think, for me growing up, um, and even within my friend circle, I don't think that we ever saw race as like, oh, I only like this type of people. And I think it comes with always being in a uh, international school. Like, you you have that chance to grow up and appreciate a person for who they are, not necessarily where they're from. So, for me, it was never – I saw it as, I like this person because white. Like, for me, I always thought, oh, I like the blue eyes. They're kind of cute. And then, like, I like this tall, dark, and handsome. Or this stubby little guy. I don't know. Anyways, it was never –
0: that's what she said
2: it was never okay (laughs) (laughs) but for me it was never I never really saw or I never heard anything except (laughs) one time I was sat down um, it was kind of a family meeting that I wasn't really trying to be part of but I was sat down and I was told that I from my understanding maybe the people will change or not change, but they will explain themselves to how they felt or what they meant. Um, But I was explained that my boyfriend at the time, who is Alex, now my husband, um, would not understand certain things about our culture and that I should not put so much trust in him and I should not share so much with him because he would then look down upon me and my family. Mm -hmm. And... At the time, it was about financials and I was, or at, at least Alex was involved in a lot of my financials and trying to help the family financially. So I was kind of, it was kind of brought to my attention that maybe I shouldn't do that because we're only dating, even though it had been like five or six years of us dating at the time. And I was just like, okay, well, if you had taken the time to know him then you would know that that's not the character that he has. It's not a characteristic to, like, hold it against someone. Like, he loves to help. Um, I think that that's one thing that that was, I think, of everything, that was the only time that family had come to me about my interracial dating. So it wasn't, other than that, mom didn't really care. Dad didn't really care. So, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't an an issue for
0: for me. I never heard
2: anything thinking about it. Like I really can't think of anyone or anything that ever came across in my family in my background.
0: Same family here, um, but my experience is going to be different because um, I love the way you see it, where you're like, we were put into this international school so that we would be exposed to all these cultures. I don't think that they cared very much what we end up with and i am convinced that we were bred to sway away from our own Ah. i think we were literally fed to be something that i mean i remember so french is you know gabon is a french colony like randy said like my dad was born when it was a colony and then my mom was born when it was an independent country um but it's a french colony and for a very long time power meant white and that's just what it is And that's the, even though my mom was born when it was an independent country, it doesn't change the fact that still in that time, power meant white. My mom's great grandmother or her grandmother is very fair in skin and her life as a woman is very different than my mother's life as a woman in the same country because power means white. And if you've been mixed, then your, your race has been elevated. And so I, but I'm going to go further into the little things that I would hear sometimes. French from our country in Libreville, where we were born, people who speak French there, who grew up there, their accent is much different, right? Yeah. Especially if they're from our ethnic group, because in our ethnic group, we're very tough on our R's. We roll our R's really hard. When you're French, you also have a different accent. At our school, our teachers spoke with the French accent. Our peers spoke with the french accent so every time before we left and unlocked the suv before going to going into a dinner party at somebody's house there was a psa in the car from a parent and it would say when we go in there you're talking just like at school and I will go in there and talk just like at school. And my cousins will be like, you're just looking to marry a white man. You're just, just gonna marry a white person. You're just looking for a white man. And then, so the experience that Randy and I have differently is that I went to high school in Gabon, Randy went to high school here. So I think that the influences from our peers was a little different. I was very underdeveloped emotionally or like mentally. So like, I didn't have attraction to men like that. I was just unfortunate to develop early physically so it was just like this awkward thing where i'm just like "Mm, i don't want to look at boys why are they looking at me this way because i went to a gap to a more a a predominantly black school and so these girls want to hang out where the white boys are hanging out and they want to be noticed because and so they're they're trying their very best to catch themselves a white guy and i'm telling you it did not matter i went to school with girls we were 14, 15-year-olds, they were dating 28-year-old white men, like, because it's just a thing that you did, you, you just try your best to just be, and then you still have people who are from these families who are so um, very nationalist, and then so you, you know these, these other girls that are like, their dads are like very much into the culture, and those girls will look down on you, and, and be like, uh, you like people from outside your race like you don't like your own race like or you know we're great as a country you don't need to change us like like it was it just this heavy crazy thing and then we moved to the united states and we're back into the space where there's so much diversity and i can literally tell my friend that i have a crush on a white boy and she's like oh girl okay and there's no judgment or anything like that and then I was like, I'm I'm free to date white boys over here. So it wasn't even where I had a type. I was like, all oh, the white boys are mine now. Shit, nobody's telling me not to date them. I date them, all of them, whichever wants a piece of this cookie. Let's go. <laughs> I think that it mattered to our parents. They just expressed it, expressed it in odd different ways. Where like, there's the one thing that always comes back, Randy, and you're gonna say, I I used to get in trouble. People would call body lotion cream. And if you had the audacity to call it body to call it body lotion cream you will get in trouble because french people call it body milk and so mm. yeah and and it was like the way you express yourself it just had to be and one time i walked out on a date it was a boy from um what's that school in potomac and i met him at a party and that was like a really huge moment black like beautiful black man and we're going on this date And I met him at a party where they were teasing me, where they kept saying, you're just a white girl, aren't you? Because I had no reference to any African-American upbringing. They kept bringing up like movies and shows and like, you know, quotes from movies and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know that. Like, I don't know that show. Like, I don't know this. And he's like, you're just a white girl, aren't you? And I'm like, I don't like that you say that. And so we're sitting there and we're eating together while we're waiting on our food. And he said something to me. And I was just like, I just couldn't, I wouldn't have it anymore. Just like, triggered me back to like my childhood. And cause he would, where he said, he tried to connect with me on something. And I'm like, I really don't know. And now my friends know they're like, it's cause you're a foreigner. It has nothing to do with being black or white. It's just that I'm not from America. But this kid says to me in the middle, we're supposed to be on a date. And he's like, you're really just a white girl, aren't you? And I'm like, I want to go home. This is the end of it. Like it's, it has nothing to do with me not wanting to be white. It's just the fact that I really don't know anything about your childhood because you also don't know anything about the the mangas that I watched when I was a little girl. I'm just saying, like, if you can quote Sailor Moon from beginning to end every episode, that's cool. But if you can't do that shit, I'm not going to quote Pain Family. Leave me alone. That's just it. (laughs) I just don't know it. And it's not because I don't want to be part of the culture. It's because I just, it's just really different and if you and if you took it back but i i think that one thing where in my marriage where it worked is that we just sat there and told each other how it was for each other instead of being like oh that's different or except for the yeah. time where i got a call and said honey we're doing a potluck and i think you should bring something oriental and i was like
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i'll do just that bring something oriental up to wisconsin i'll do that
4: <laughs> I- Ludy, if I may, I think hearing your experience, it made me think of one thing from my upbringing. For my parents, it was never about race, but what it was about was um, what are they doing with their life? They always wanted me to date somebody who was not only going to be driven themselves, but it was also going to support me and support my dreams. So it was never about, you know, what do they look like? What, what religion do they have? What's their character? Um, And that was always a big thing in my house.
0: That I love that. And, and, and I think, and I think that that's what should matter the most. And I think, I know that we're going to like go deeper into that specific thing. Like, I really think that's what, that's what should matter the most. Um, If I can say something about how we took Alex, um, when it comes to Randy, it's funny that that meeting that these people cared so much because like had you know like you know what i mean like at that meeting you had people who thought just like your family Julian who like you had the siblings who were like on Randy's side being like what do you mean he's a hard working he's kind he's so thoughtful like there's so many people who are as successful who are like no that's my coin go make your own coin i don't have to give you anything but like Alex will break a diamond for you know what i mean and like he does all the hard work and then We'll share it equally. And, I, and there's oh. value in
2: that. I think you just got more points, babe.
0: Doesn't <laughs> <Those laughs> <are not laughs> <a> point.
2: <laughs> Thank you, okay.
3: Vince.
0: Understanding one another's culture takes time, patience, an open mind, and a great amount of compassion and self-reflection. Interracial couples practice this daily. Tune in tomorrow as we discuss the learning curves of interracial, intercultural, interreligious dating.
2: Wine. and his mother.
4: This is probably the biggest one, is the importance of family in the Mexican culture. Respect
3: for elderly, and that's kind of in my culture as well, and I I really like it.
1: And they're open to whatever you throw at them, so I embrace that a lot.
0: Yeah, that's kind of dope. If you'd like to get to know our panelists further, Alex and Randy, Carla and Julian, find their information at your friendly neighborhood widow on Instagram. And if you've enjoyed this episode, share the link. Half of the fun is to embrace the delicious and the comfortable while learning to appreciate the things that are harder to get along with. Your Friendly Neighborhood Widow podcast is a platform that addresses the taboo in order to detangle the truth from the assumptions and the stigmas. The next segment of the Life Diverse series will be available tomorrow at 9 a.m. We'll talk later, okay?